Hey, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. We, we know the phrase, we've repeated it, we've said it, we get the point. But we recognize and we know deeply that words hurt. And some of us today, we feel beat down by other people's words, by other people's you know, actions, their attitudes, their dispositions toward us. Sometimes it doesn't take words, does it? And we feel it. We feel that negativity. In fact, that's, that's the world we live in, right? We, we live with other human beings. We know that there's lots of negative stuff in this world. And we can say, hey, it's just part of our existence. It's part of what I have to experience. And sometimes, you may have said, especially at work, you, maybe you said, my job would be so much easier if I didn't have to work with all these other people, right? If I didn't have to deal with other people, life would be so much easier. But that's not possible, and that's not good either. So in our culture where it's 24-7 negativity, really, I mean, think about it. We turn on the news. We listen in on social media, Twitter, whatever it may be. There's negative conversations going on, not just negative conversations that we can hear about, negative words and stories, but negative things we can participate in. We can get involved. We can be a part of the negative feedback, whatever it may be. Our world is saturated with negativity, and often it shapes our perspective without us even knowing it. Think about that. All the negative stuff that's a part of our world, it can shape us and affect us, and we don't even know it or recognize it. And so today, we're going to keep it real simple. We have a choice to make, a couple of choices, um, really. And here's the first one. The question is, how are we going to deal with, or what are we going to do with the negative people around us? Are we going to allow their negativity, their perspective to affect us and even control us? That's a choice. How about this? uh, I like this quote. Don't let negative and toxic people rent space in your head. Raise the rent and kick them out. Yeah. Anybody ready to do that with somebody? Yes, we all feel that way, don't we? Wouldn't it be nice if we could just take complete control of our relationships and the people around us that way? Um, Or like this one, demotivators.com, this poster. I love this poster. Sometimes the best solution to morale problems is just to fire all the unhappy people. Well, we typically can't do that, right? So what do we do? We have a choice to make in terms of how we're going to approach the people around us. And really, the reason I said there's two choices is there's a choice that comes before our choice in how we're gonna treat other people or how we're gonna be with other people. And that is, how am I gonna be? Because that's a question for us. What about me? Do I need to fire myself? Am I the most negative person in my life? It's just an honest, let's get real kind of question for us. 
And it can be a blur because it's so hard to differentiate between other people and myself and where the negativity really uh, starts and ends. But the first step for us is it's a personal choice where we say, I don't want to be negative. I want to be a positive person. I want to be a part of what God's doing in this world and to influence others in a positive way. And so we're going to go to Scripture. We're going to pick up where we left off last week and then start in to another section of Ephesians chapter 5 because for all of us, we need to start with a foundation of what God is about. What does God want for us? What does he desire for us as we live this life in our world? So Ephesians chapter 4. Here's what Paul, the Apostle Paul writes. He says, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. I mean, there's a difference, right? If our words are used in a positive way, we're gonna build people up rather than tear them down. Ephesians 5, verses one and two. Follow God's example, therefore, as God's dearly loved children and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. And then he continues later, he says, be careful then how you live. Don't live like fools like those, uh, but instead live like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what what the Lord wants you to do. Don't get drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and spiritual songs among yourselves and make music to the Lord in your heart and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So what Paul's telling us is if we wanna live at a higher resolution, if we want our life to be noticed by others, Our words matter. The things that we speak and the way that we think matters in this world. I like this quote as well. Be sure you taste your words before you spit them out. Now, isn't it like that's something that your mom would say? Measure your words, taste them before you spit them out. Now, for the extroverts in this room, you're like, well... I just kind of put it out there. That's how I am. Well, even you extroverts, you got to hold it in. We got to just take a step, take a breath, because God wants us to make a difference in this world. Now, Jesus, um, he had lots of ways to illustrate this, and I love this this picture that he created. He was teaching, he was talking about judgment. He said, don't judge or you will be judged, and you're going to be judged by the same measure that you judge other people with. And then he went on to say, hey, uh, before you judge somebody, you know, you should, um, yeah, so don't judge others. Um, You should remove the speck of sawdust. No, that's not how he said it. He said, you have this plank that's coming out of your face. Now, he says, I want you to remove the plank or the log before you try to remove the speck of sawdust from your neighbor or your friend. Now, it's a hilarious picture that he creates because it wasn't just like a little piece of wood. It was a beam 
said, remove the beam from your own eye before you try to help somebody else with the speck of sawdust. It's home, doesn't it? But that's not our first uh, you know, impulse, is it? We don't, as human beings, think that way. But Jesus says, I want you to think a new way, a different way. That's what we've been talking about the last month. If we're going to be positive, it starts with the choice that you and I make on a daily basis. And it really starts with us beginning to follow the way of Christ each day. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children. Now, I want this to set in as we think of perspective. Our words come out of our perspective. It comes out of our attitude and how we think about the world and whether we really believe that God is there to mold us and shape us. This is the incredible reality that God gives us in Christ. This is incredible. Let's think about it just for a moment. That in Christ, by faith, we are God's dearly loved kids. He's adopted us to be a part of the family. We're forgiven. We're valued. We have purpose. We're called and and, and really raised up to be a part of what he wants to do in the world as he shares his love and his mercy with other people. There is no condemnation for us who are in Christ. Paul tells us his spirit is given to fill us and to live within us on a daily basis. And God is there to guide us. This is the reality that should shape how we look at the world and the people around us. I mean, there's going to be all kinds of challenges. It's a broken world. But this is the perspective that should shape our daily experience. Well, how do we do that? How do we begin to live into that perspective? Well, the scriptures help us this way. That's why it's so important for us as as we make a commitment to follow Christ to allow the scriptures to shape us and teach us who we are and what we should be about. And um, I I can tell you, just from my own experience, when I start out a day reflecting on a scripture or a few, uh, just a few words or a few sentences from the Bible, positive words, that sets me on a different foundation or direction for the day. I need it and you need it. They're the constant reminders of what God says about us and our purpose or our role in the world. How we can be a part of his positive, I mean, this positive mission of sharing love, mercy, and grace, even when people don't deserve it. You see, God has a big perspective, and he wants us to live with this kingdom perspective, Our world, the culture that we live in, has a very small picture and framework. Now, let me tell you about the difference. And this, I think this is helpful. Because God has a perspective and our world has a perspective. Our our world's perspective, which is small, believes this. I need to get whatever I can because there's not enough to go around. Think about it. I mean, there's limited resources in this world, so I need to grab a hold of what I can take and hold tight because somebody else is going to try to take it from me. 
Have you ever experienced this? Have you experienced it at work or at the office? Yes, of course. Now, in economics, we call this the principle of scarcity. And it's simply this, that there are limited resources in our world. There's only so much out there. So if somebody else gets some, it means we have less. But that's the old way of life, God tells us. It's foolish. It's the way of our culture. Instead, if we're going to follow Christ and we're going to be positive, we need a new mindset. In God's mindset, this kingdom perspective is different. It's one of abundance. Now, abundance simply means there's plenty to go around. God has more than enough for us. Now, that takes faith because humanly we don't believe it, but through the eyes of faith and recognizing the power and the size and the strength of God, there's plenty to go around. And therefore, if we believe that, we can be positive and encouraging to the people around us. We can share what we have. We can give stuff away because we believe that God's going to provide and that he's going to give us what we need. You know what that means? That means if you're competing with somebody and they get a, uh, they get a, a promotion or they get a, um, you know, a new presentation or project, if we believe this, we can actually praise them and encourage them rather than feel loss and complete negativity toward them. Now, I know that's hard. We need God to help us with it. But it's possible from this perspective because God is about abundance. When somebody else does well, it doesn't mean we get less. God wants us to have this positive approach. Because we know our world is filled with negative people, people who believe in scarcity, people who don't feel good about themselves or their position in life. They're unclear on their purpose. And so they're always going to have their eyes focused on this small perspective. But you and I, as we follow Christ, we can have a greater perspective. Abundance. It's, it's so important for us if we're going to understand what it means to be positive and to speak life into other people. Okay, here's the cool thing. When we begin to see the world from God's perspective, when we see life through the way of Jesus, we can stop striving to prove something before God or to try to manipulate God because we're already forgiven and we're loved and we're adopted because of what Jesus has done for us. We have nothing to prove. That means we're free. We're free to be the kind of people that God desires us to be. Now, I want you to just, whether you believe it or not right now, I'd like you to say it with me for a moment. I'm free. Ready? I'm free. I'm free. I mean, let it set in, because that's the reality in Christ. And when we say positive things, I mean, not just, I'm going to try to create something positive out of myself. When we say the positive things of God, it changes us. It changes our perspective. And that's the starting point for our new selves. That's the beginning. That's the foundation. 
Because this is a radical way to live. Now, um, let's think about this. I mean, what does it mean when it, then when people are against us? When we have to deal with the negative people who irritate us, they, uh, you know, they uh, drive us crazy, we just want to run away from them. This approach works, too, with the people that we can't stand. Now, think of it this way. We have to go on the offensive with a positive mindset. We have to go on offense. Not be offensive, but go on the offensive with this positive mindset. Now, since we're talking Super Bowl today, Andrew Luck, who's not in the Super Bowl, he was close, but he's not in, I love how he approaches this on the football field. I don't know anything about Andrew Luck's faith, but here's something interesting that he does. He's, he's a quarterback, and so he gets hit hard, he gets sacked, and a lot of times on negative plays. And so when he's getting up, the guy who hit him, he, he's notoriously known for doing this, he'll say, nice hit, buddy, to the guy who just hit him. He'll say stuff like, that was, that was I mean, man, that was big time, nice one, nice play. And the guys who are walking away are like, did he just say what I thought he did? I mean, some, in the interview, some of the guys said, I start saying thank you, and I'm like, what am I doing? I'm supposed to hate the guy. I want to crush him, and I hit him. I give, hit him with my best, and he's saying, nice one. Man, that was a great hit. Good job. Way to go. All right, so what if we tried this at work, okay? So the person who drives you crazy, the person who's mean to you at work, what if you started to praise them? I know this is radical stuff. I mean, what if you said, hey, nice suit, man, that's sharp. I like your glasses. Are those new glasses? Great presentation today. Or you said, have you lost weight? You're looking good. And I'm not talking about being fake, but kill them with kindness. Sometimes you get to start faking it till you make it. So I'm telling you, this is not easy stuff to do. But this is a positive way because when we start to say positive things and act positively toward other people, it changes us and it changes the room we're in. It changes is our environment. I think that's why Jesus said, he said something remarkable. He said, with your enemies, um, I mean, people love people who are nice to them, but I want you to love your enemies. I want you to go out and do good things or loving things for the people who hate you. Like, what? No, that's what Jesus said. So I think we should try it. I think we should try it. Okay. None of this stuff is easy. This is tough stuff. But it starts with us. It starts with you, and it starts with me saying, all right, I want to be new. I want to be a positive person. I don't want to participate in all the negative stuff. And the only way we can do it is to allow God to fill us on a daily basis. I mean, that's the beauty and the power of the gospel is Jesus said, I will never leave you or forsake you. I will be with you. My spirit is present with you. And I promise to give you what you need each day. So here's something else that Paul said as we talk about this filling thing. He said, don't get drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now here's just a quick sidebar. So what does the scripture teach about alcohol? Does it say, I mean, is it, just, uh, is it just a Baptist thing that you can't drink? I mean, the, it's religion in general, the do's and don'ts. The scripture doesn't say alcohol is evil or bad in itself. 
Jesus drank wine. Jesus, his first miracle he did at a wedding was he made more wine. I mean, after the the okay stuff was gone, he made better stuff later. You're like, yeah, I like this Jesus. This This is a good thing. What he was saying, what Paul is saying, is alcohol is bad if we drink too much and we allow it to consume us. I mean, as he talks about uh, a person who's a drunk throughout the scriptures, that means it's habitual, it's a habit, it's something that we can't control. And God says, I don't want you to live that way because you can't be filled with me. Whatever fills you, and it's not just alcohol, whatever fills you takes away the space where I'm going to fill you, where I want to fill you. Now, some of you are wondering, okay, if it's just habitual then, so Dave, is it okay if I go out and I get drunk every once in a while? That's not his point. Now, thankfully, there's forgiveness for all of us, right? But if we're gonna follow Christ, we need to allow God to fill us with himself. It's not just alcohol, right? It's greed, it's pride, it's lust, it's all these, anger, it's all these different things that we allow to fill us so there's no space for God. And Paul is saying, you got to allow God to fill you with his presence and his spirit if you wanna be positive in our world. So what does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, it simply means that we invite God to be with us and to lead us. It means that we daily ask for God's presence, his strength, and his help. And when we do that, and I know this from experience, we're going to be happier. I mean, we're going to have a different perspective. We're going to have some joy because God is there. No matter what our challenge, no matter what hard things we're dealing with in life, there's joy despite that, when God fills us. I mean, it's incredible when you think about what happens inside of us when we simply say, I'm thankful. I'm just thankful for this. To think about, I mean, you may only have one thing in your life right now where you can say, I'm so grateful for that. Everything else is junk in my life, but I'm so thankful for that. When we start to focus on what we're thankful for, where we can give praise God, things begin to change. Now, um, When we're thankful, we can do something that we need to do, and that's smile, right? There's all these statistics and studies that have been done. You've probably heard them. Children smile over 400 times a day. Smile and laugh and all that stuff over 400 times a day. Adults, 20 or less. I mean, think about the contrast. I'm not a statistician, but I know that that's way more. I don't know how much percent, but it's ridiculous, right? So how do we start to be positive? We smile. Think of something, some blessing, something that you can look at and say, God, I'm so thankful for this person. I'm so thankful for what you've done in this area of my life. Because remember what Paul said, let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. God wants us to live this way. 
And it's not easy, but it begins with each of us making a daily choice to say, I'm going to pursue it. I want to be positive at home. I mean, that's, that's what's hard is I can even think in my closest relationships with my family and friends. If I keep track of my words that come out of my mouth, what percentage of them are actually positive? At home, they can get very negative. And when you step back and you say, whoa, 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 my role in these friendships, in my family, is to be positive. I want to encourage others. I want to be a part of them recognizing they have value in this world and that there are people that are thankful that they're alive. And so I'm gonna ask God to fill me today. Listen to this from Romans 15. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace so as you trust in him, you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's a powerful picture. God gives us what we need to be positive. So I thought it would be helpful as we think about, okay, how can we get started on being positive today? Who can we encourage? I thought we could have a friend help us who's so positive and encouraging. In fact, he's a kid, so he smiles and laughs a lot. Kid president, have you heard of him? He's got some encouraging words for us right now. We should say more often. Number 20, thank you. And not just on Thanksgiving, every day. Number 19, excuse me. Number 18, here's a surprise corn dog that I bought you because you're my friend. There'll be more corn dogs, more happy people. This is a good idea. Corn dog for you, corn dog for you, corn dog for you. Number 17, I'm sorry. Number 16, I forgive you. Number 15, you can do it, but don't say it if it's something they can't do. <laughs> Number 14, another thing that we should say more often, I have barbecue sauce in my shirt too. Before you say something about the barbecue sauce on somebody else's shirt, take a look at the barbecue sauce on your own shirt. Number 13, please. Number 12, everything is going to be okay. Number 11, oh, you got me a corn dog too? You shouldn't have, buddy. Number 10, I don't know. I know a lot of people who need to say that. My sister. (laughs) Number 9, you're so awesome I named my dog after you. Oh, wait, wait. That could hurt someone's feelings. I mean boat. I named my boat after you. Wait, you even have a boat. You're so awesome, I legally changed my name to yours. Wait, that's super creepy. Creepy. Just tell people they're awesome and mean it. Number 8. Hello, person that I never met before. Here's a high five. Number seven. My sports team is not always the best sports team. It takes a big man to say that. Number six. Nothing. Sometimes that's the best thing you can say. Number five. <laughs> Doesn't mean anything, but it's just really funny. <laughs> Number four. I disagree with you, but I still like you as a person who is a human being, and I'll treat you like that. Because if I didn't, it would make everything bad, and that's what lots of people do, and it's lame. I need a water break, y'all. It's okay to disagree, but it's not okay to be mean. Number three, sometimes you just gotta scream. 
Number two, life is tough, but so are you. Sometimes we all need to be reminded to keep going. Number one, something nice, anything. If you can't think of anything nice to say, you're not thinking hard enough. So what about you? What do you think people should say more often? Leave a comment below and let's hear it. Oh, and I got a bonus one for you. Something that we should say more often? Let's dance. All right. Roy, will you pass out some corn dogs? I only got three. Who wants a corn dog? All right, just put your hand up. You want a corn dog? You deserve it today. Hey, mission accomplished. We're laughing. It feels good, doesn't it? It feels good. Hey, let's hear your best. Uh, don't you have the, the voice of the guy at the ball game? Hey! <laughs> got one, got one. Yeah. All right. Now that we're having some fun, I think we're ready to share some positive love with others. Now, here's, uh, here's the opportunity that some of you have been waiting for. I mentioned this on Facebook. But we are going um, to do something today that normally you feel guilty about when you do it in church, all right? So pull out your phones if you don't have it in front of you already. Now, I'm also gonna ask you, you can even turn on your alert alarm. I'm never gonna say this again, so you better take advantage of it, all right? What I would like you to do is the first person that comes to mind, text them with something positive for them. It can be something simple, like we heard from Kid President, can be just um, you know, something that you love about them, something that you know they're going through, just a simple phrase to encourage them. Text them right now. And then maybe there's a person here at Rock Hills that you're thinking of too. Text them. Just take a moment to tell them how important they are. You know, you know what happens when we receive positive words from others? Um, I mean, there's really good stuff that happens inside of us. You feel different, don't you? The adrenaline starts to run. You feel good. You feel happier. In fact, when there's more encouragement in your life, you're healthier. Medical information tells us this. But you know what? If we choose to live like this this week... Imagine what God would be willing to do through us. Listen to the sounds. It's the sound of encouragement. Imagine what God would do in your life or in this community if five of us or 10 of us or 50 of us or 100 of us made a choice to say, God, I'm gonna trust you and I'm gonna be a positive encouragement in my friend's life, in my spouse's wife, in my workplace, with my kids, wherever it may be. God wants to reshape this community so that we can be a part of reshaping our world in a positive way. There's plenty of negative out there. That's easy to participate in. But this 
changes everything.